Happy All Saints Day. Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this, the, on this day the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. <clears throat> Taste and see. The church that I grew up in never mentioned All Saints Day. We rarely ever mentioned anyone who lived between the days of the apostles and the return of the 20th century when the Pentecostal movement started. I have been richly blessed in my discovery of the story of the church. Today is a day in which we are called to remember all those who walked this pilgrim's path prior to us. It is a day that calls us to serve and worship our Lord and King in unity with all believers. Today, let's attempt to move beyond, and maybe I should say above, the controversies and uncertainties of our present lives. I believe our lives will be enriched and our faith strengthened if we instead focus on the sacrifices and examples of those whose lives have impacted the church. I see All Saints Day as an invitation for us to taste and see how sweet and good it is for us to remember and give thanks for the lives of all the believers, famous and obscure, who have paved the way for us to hear and receive the goodness of God. We can rightfully refer to this group as the church. The church includes all believers, past and present. It is the church that scripture gives the role of being a pillar and foundation of truth in 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, starting verse 14, it says, I hope to come to, to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to, to, ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillow and buttress of the truth. <clears throat> Our illiteracy of church history works against us. The Holy Spirit has been working through the lives of faithful believers since the day of Pentecost until today, and it will strengthen and encourage us to study and observe the many ways in which God has worked to display His goodness and kindness down through the centuries. History certainly provides ample evidence of the cruelty and evil in the heart of mankind. But even in the midst of great pain and loss, we see and hear the faithful standing true, trusting in the power of God to keep their souls from destruction and to, to deliver them into everlasting life. A life with God, living in His glory and in His presence. Even today there are many believers being tortured, imprisoned, and killed by those who oppose the kingdom of God. Some of the most powerful and inspiring stories of the work of God in the world today arise from such situations. In some cases, we rejoice when we hear miraculous protection and deliverance. In other cases, we grieve with the pain and loss of those who stood faithful to the end 
And we look forward to the glorious reunions that will occur when we join them in God's presence. Also, I am hopeful that taking some time to think back across the centuries will help us to see the bigger picture. In doing so, maybe it will lessen the anxiety and uncertainty that has occupied too much of this year. I am certain that God will complete the work he has started in us, and he will do that whether we live in a nation here on earth that is faithful to our values or not. We can look outside of this nation today to see thousands if not millions of believers who are living out their lives without the freedom or the prosperity that we have been blessed with. God's purposes will be accomplished in our lives whether we continue to live with the freedoms we're used to or without some of those freedoms. Whether we see our incomes increase or decrease. Whether we see our taxes increase or decrease. God still rules and reigns over the kingdom of God here on earth today. Taste and see how sweet and good it is for us to remember and give thanks for the lives of all the believers. Recognizing the value of recalling and commemorating the lives of past saints, the church instituted All Saints Day sometime in the 8th century over 1,200 years ago and made it a part of the yearly liturgy. <clears throat> For many Protestants like myself, this is something that we're unfamiliar with, however, Many are being drawn toward more liturgical or sacramental thought methods. In the past few decades, there have been more than a few books written that either document someone's journey from a traditional evangelical church into a church that has more liturgy or sacramental views and practices, or books that provide the reasoning and connection such, such moves are based upon. Robert Weber is one author who was very influential in the lives of the men who helped found the Charismatic Episcopal Church. One of his first books is Evangelicals on the Canterbury Trail. Evangelical is Not Enough by Thomas Howard is another. And a more recent book is Beyond Bells and Smells by Mark Golly, the editor of Christianity Today. Some books tell the stories of individuals' lives. The Miracle in Darien is the story of Terry Fulham and his church. Nine o'clock in the morning is the story of Dennis Bennett's documenting the movement of those in liturgical churches being open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. In almost every case, you will hear that the greater awareness and understanding of the process that the development of church doctrine and practices have moved down through the centuries through the lives of men and women have strengthened and broadened the faith of believers today. I'm going to give a bit of a personal story that happened a few years back. And uh, when Sandra's aunt passed away, uh, many of our family members attended the family and I ended up sitting next to my daughter Lori. After the service, Lori made the comment, you can take the man out of the church of God, but you can't take the church of God out of the man. <laughs> yes, I did stand to my feet, clapping my hands and raising them toward the heavens in praise as we worshipped. 
along with the choir that Aunt Jean was once an integral part of. A member of the choir, choir chuckled after the service that the first person to their feet during the choir's performance was the visiting priest. However, that was not exactly true. While I might have been the first in our section, there were others in the section across the aisle that had already stood to their feet before I did. <laughs> I was moved deeply by the music. And by the, the love expressed by the family and the pastor. And by the presence of the Lord in our midst. And by the wonderful memories that, that flooded over me from my deep roots in the Pentecostal tradition for which I'm very thankful. The pastor delivered a wonderful sermon using three-letter acronym, M-O-M. He talked about the fact that Aunt Jean was always a missionary, having been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost at age 11, praying for her other family, mem praying her other family members into the kingdom of God. She was original, never afraid to stand up for what she believed and never ashamed of the gospel. And most of all, she was a mother. She loved just about everyone she ever met and let, the, and let it show. One of the last times that she was able to speak, she called her children to her bedside and told them, you be sweet to each other. Love them babies well and take good care of them and teach them everything you know about Jesus. The world has lost another saying as Gene Frank's Tally Faulkner slipped from this world to the next. May those who were blessed to know her seek to emulate her godly life and to love others the way she taught us. It also struck me the lasting impact our lives have as I thought about the fact that that Jean's brother-in-law, Louis Talley, was the pioneering and founding pastor of the Northport Church of God. Praise be to God for those like Jean and Uncle Louis who showed us how to live a long obedience in the same direction. Taste and see how sweet and good it is for us to remember and give thanks for the lives of all the believers before us. In Acts 20, 24 to 28, it reads, Paul's, this is it's a recollection of Paul's comments to the elders as he was preparing to leave Ephesus for Jerusalem, I believe. I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers or bishops. Be care for, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And verse 32, Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace 
which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And finally, I want to end with a prayer from a prayer book I came across years ago. uh, I've adapted this prayer from A Diary of Private Prayer by John Bailey. O you who were and are and are to come, I thank you that this Christian way in which I walk is no untried or uncharted road, but a road beaten hard by the footsteps of saints, apostles, prophets, and martyrs. I thank you for the signposts and danger signals with which it is marked at every turn, which may be known to me through the study of the Bible and all of history and of the testimony of all the saints. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and declare our common faith in the Nicene Creed.